This is the NC Everything Podcast, a show where we talk about everything that has anything to do with North Carolina. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 28. It feels pretty good to get back down here in the studio. Now that might confuse a lot of you, most, well, all of you. Um, what you don't know on the podcast inside is that I built up kind of a buffer of episodes and I've taken about a month and a half off. So all the episodes you've been hearing, I pretty much pre-recorded them and I took a little time off to, to catch up on some some chores around the farm. But the problem was, as the 20th of March was rolling around, I was struggling to put the chores down and pick my tablet up and get some research done. Now I feel pretty good about this episode, but I did have to grind to get it get it ready for you. But we'll see how it goes. By the way, I'm your host, Curtis, and if you're returning, welcome back. And if this is your first time, welcome to the show. Now, I know I should have said that at the beginning, but if you've listened to this podcast for a little while, you realize I always forget to introduce myself and I do it at a weird time if I do it at all. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm working on a greenhouse. Well, I pretty much built the greenhouse. I'm now managing the, the small greenhouse I built. I'm refurbishing an old chicken house. I'm working on a lawnmower that doesn't really want to mow. That way I can mow the four or five acres that I have to mow pretty much every single week during the summer. And I bought myself a welder, finally. Now, some of you may know I've been welding for about 20 years, a little over 20 years, but I've been welding for somebody else. And I finally bit the bullet and went out and bought my own welder. So hopefully I can put that to work pretty soon and, I don't know, make a little side money. It doesn't matter to me because I just like to weld. I, I do it for free. That's the honest truth. Anyway, I know you didn't come here to hear about that. You wanted to hear about Mount Mitchell. But the last thing I want to say before we do climb that mountain is that if you're enjoying the show, go to www.thenceverythingpodcast.com and there you can hear all my old episodes. Also, you can leave comments and criticism about the show, or if you have a question, um, I'll be there to answer it. Uh, there's a link to contact me. And if you're interested in subscribing, uh, there's a link where it is literally a list of all the places I'm available and you can su subscribe to me on all those places. So go check out the website and I hope you enjoy the show. I realize now I said that like I'm about to step out and the actors are going to come in and do something cool, but no, it's still just me talking. Mount Mitchell is a mountain located in the Black Mountain Range in North Carolina. It's actually located in Yancey County. And the reason it's so notable is because it is the highest mountain on the East Coast. It stands at 6,684 feet, so well over a mile. Now, the Black Mountain area, and specifically uh, what would become Mount Mitchell, was originally called Atacula by the Cherokee. And later on, before it got the name Mount Mitchell, it was called Black Dome. And eventually, it was named Mount Mitchell after a UNC professor named Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell was born in Washington, Connecticut on August 19, 1793. Now, I couldn't find a whole lot about his early upbringing, so we'll skip ahead a bit. He graduated from Yale in 1813. After he got out of college, 
he got a teaching job in Jamaica, New York. Not Jamaica and New York. Apparently, there's a section of New York, I guess a town, called Jamaica. It's in Queens. Later on, he served as the principal of the Union Academy in New London, Connecticut. Now, I know I just mentioned, uh, let's see, Jamaica, Long Island, Queens, New York, New London, and Connecticut again. But don't be hung up on the details there. Because in America, we like to recycle old names from old places. Besides, eventually he comes down to North Carolina, and that's where he lives for the rest of his life. But before that, he actually goes back to Yale, and he gets a job as a tutor a tutor at Yale. And during this same period, he took a, a theological course at Andover, Massachusetts. And eventually... He was licensed to preach by the Congressionalist Western Association of New Haven County, Connecticut. So now let's get to 1817. During this year, the Reverend Sereno E. Dwight, who was the son of Timothy Dwight of Yale and a chaplain of the U.S. Senate, he recommended Elijah Mitchell for a teaching job in North Carolina in a little town called Chapel Hill. Now the reason he even knew that there was a job available in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, it's because he was actually also on the board of trustees for the University of North Carolina. And so, at the beginning of 1818, Elijah Mitchell arrived in Chapel Hill, and he was going to be the professor of mathematics and natural philosophy. Now, about this same time, a friend of, of Mitchell's named Dennison Olmsted also got a job at UNC. And Olmsted was also a, a classmate to Mitchell when they were ill. Olmsted was the professor of chemistry geology and mineral man that that was rough mineralogy the study of minerals okay well the reason i even brought up olmstead was because eventually olmstead leaves unc and mitchell takes over his responsibilities now you might be thinking that was a lot of stuff pushed on to two professors but around this time there was only three or four professors at the college and there's really only uh i know i just done an episode on this but it was really only 30 or 40 students there. It wasn't nothing like a, a university that you might picture today. Well, another thing that Olmsted had started was a geological survey of North Carolina. And when Olmsted left, it kind of fell on Mitchell to finish that project up. Now, in 1821, Mitchell was ordained by the Presbytery of Orange in Hillsborough. And so, along with all his teaching responsibilities and that geological survey... He started doing a little preaching in the area, and he would even combine some of his college lessons with his preaching. Now, that may sound asinine today, but back then it was a different time. In fact, they probably recommended that you teach some Christianity while you're teaching about chemistry. Well, in 1846, Governor William A. Graham chooses Elijah Mitchell to kind of survey a road leading west from Raleigh into Buncombe County. Bun Buncombe is spelled B-U-N-C-O-M-B-E for people not from around here. Now, the reason he was most likely chosen was because he was pretty outspoken about how a road into the mountains would help the lives of the people up there. His thinking was a road would increase trade and travel, and it might even boost some commerce in those really poor areas. Now, another thing about Elijah Mitchell is he was a devout Christian. He supported the temperance movement pretty pretty openly and the temperance movement was when they banned alcohol in the united states it's also known as prohibition 
Now, the reason I, I told you that was he had a really negative impression of the mountain folks. Um, he kind of talked about them living in, uh, he didn't call it shanties. I don't have the word here, but he talked about the poor housing they had and how their lifestyles led to laziness and female degradation and economic stagnation. In short, he thought mountain people were poor and useless. Now let's put Elijah Mitchell on Mount Mitchell. Now before Mitchell ever even suggested that this mountain in Yancey County was some kind of record tall, everybody believed that Mount Washington in New Hampshire was the highest on the eastern seaboard, and Grandfather Mountain was considered to be be the highest in North Carolina. Now, Mitchell kept a diary, and they found the first mention that the Black Mountain area might be record high in 1828. And of course, this is when he was working on the geological survey. Well, he first measured the altitude of the summit in 1835. He did it again in 1838. By the way, if you're starting to hear some background noise, I apologize, but my toddler came into the room with me, and I frankly don't have the heart to kick him out. Um, he knows to be quiet. That don't mean he always will, but I'll do the best I can. Anyway, in 1844, he returned to the Black Mountain area, and he got a third measurement, but this time he had a few fancy gadgets with him. So what he did was he took barometric readings from the summit. Now, his barometer had like a glass tube, and it was sealed at one end and filled with pure mercury. He would heat up the, the tube to get all the air out of it, and then he would turn it upside down. Now, when he did this, the mercury inside the tube would sink, and there would be like a vacuum of airspace above it, above the mercury. Now, depending on your elevation, the length of this column of mercury would be longer or shorter. I don't know if I'm explaining it right. I've only seen a couple pictures of what he had, and if I can find a picture for you guys, I'll post it in the show notes. But typically, the higher you were above sea level, the shorter the column of mercury was. Now, based on the information that he collected, he figured the mountain to be 6,708 feet, and this was 250 feet higher than Mount Washington in Connecticut. Now, another source says that with his readings, he figured that the highest peak was 6,672 feet. Now, if that number is true, then he was only off by 12 feet of modern calculations. And that is really impressive, considering he was using 1800s technology. Now, apparently, around the time he finished his studies up there, or he got his last few readings anyway, the local people were already calling the peak Mount Mitchell. But then, Elijah Mitchell ran into trouble. There was a senator named Thomas Klingman. Now, he was also one of Elijah Mitchell's former students at UNC. Well, Klingman challenged Mitchell's results. Klingman felt like there was a peak that he had climbed that was 6,941 feet, which was a lot taller than Mount Mitchell. Now, a few years ago, I listened to a podcast that went into pretty good detail about this feud. I guess you can call it a feud, but this... Uh, disagreement between Mitchell and Kleeman. However, I couldn't find the podcast again, and I couldn't remember a whole lot of the details. And I apologize for that. I wish I could tell you all about, I guess, things they said to each other and, and how that, that played out. And I promise you, I looked pretty hard for any information about the fine details of this, this argument between the two of them, and I couldn't find hardly anything. Now, don't take that as 
a possibility that it might not be true. No, the, the, the heat between Clingman and Mitchell was certainly true. Well, anyway, as a result of all the arguing and fussing over who had climbed the tallest mountain, Mitchell decided to go back and measure it again. In June of that year, 1857, Mitchell and company were back on the mountain attempting to get another reading of its altitude. Well, on the 27th of June, Mitchell started out on his own, and he left his son and the guides that were with him behind, and I'm not sure exactly what he was doing, but, well, he got caught in a thunderstorm, and he never came back. After nobody had seen Mitchell for a whole week, they formed search parties. Leading these search parties was a Buncombe County native named Zebulon Baird Vance. Not only was Vance a friend to the Mitchell family, he was a political opponent to Clingman, and later he would become governor of North Carolina. After three days of searching, somebody finally spotted some footprints near a creek. This creek led to a waterfall, and Mitchell's body was in a pool of water at the base of the waterfall. They determined that he must have slipped near the top of the waterfall and fell, hitting his head and knocking him unconscious, which eventually caused him to drown in the water. He was buried first in Asheville on the 10th of June in 1857. The next year, his body was buried on top of Mount Mitchell. Now there's a memorial plaque that marks his gravesite. In 1881, the U.S. Geological Survey upheld Mitchell's measurements that Mount Mitchell was the highest peak on the eastern coast. Also that same year, it finally officially got the name Mount Mitchell. In 1883, the Elijah Mitchell Scientific Society was founded in his memory at UNC. Now, a lot of logging in the area was kind of destroying the mountain, and so to save the area, a bill in 1915 was introduced to the state legislature, and this bill would establish Mount Mitchell as North Carolina's very first state park. And that is really all I have on Mount Mitchell. Now, I forgot to mention at the beginning of this episode that I have actually been to Mount Mitchell. I went once. I've been wanting to go back for a long time, and I don't really know why I haven't. Uh, you may have heard me mention in other podcasts that when I get up to the mountains, I, I ride all over. You know, I love the mountains a lot, and I want to see all of them all the time, all at the same time. So it's hard for me to pick which spot I want to go to first. But I will say I did enjoy the view from up there, and... It was really cool because here on the East Coast, we don't get a whole lot of snow-capped mountains while we're enjoying finer weather in the lowlands. But that day we went, and I don't remember which day it was or which month it was, I mean, but we had gone, and it was pretty warm. I want to say it was June, but it was pretty warm outside. It wasn't hot, but it was pretty warm. And we, we go up to the top of Mount Mitchell, and there's a trail where you walk up to the, the observation tower, and almost as soon as we got on the trail, I noticed a dusting of snow. And as we got closer, it got a little bit deeper. I think it was probably maybe two inches of snow by the time we got to the top. And maybe that's a small thing, but I thought it was really cool that, you know, we kind of got to see a snow-capped mountain top in June. Now, another thing is, if, if you've never been to the mountains or you're not really knowing what to expect, it is the highest mountain on the East Coast. But you're not going to see for, you know, miles and miles and miles. Well, you will see for miles and miles and miles. But you're not going to see, like, the Grand Canyon-style view up there. Um, you can't really tell that you're 6,000 feet up. It looks like any other peak in the mountains. 
but it is still very cool to be up there. Also, back when I visited Mount Mitchell, it was free. I don't know at the moment if it still is. It probably is. I mean, it's a state park. But if you're ever in the Yancey County area, I would definitely recommend going by and taking a look at the place. And that's it. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this was your first time, um, go to www.dnceverythingpodcast.com and check out some of my old episodes. Um, I don't know if I would listen to episode one. I like to think that I've improved in uh, 28 episodes, but maybe I haven't. Either way, I don't want to bore you or even worse, give you nightmares. And if you have any thoughts about this episode or any of my past episodes, also at the website, click that link to contact me and let me know what you think. I love hearing from my listeners. And lastly, don't forget to like or follow, like and follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, I try to stay pretty active on those. I've been on vacation, like I said, for the past six weeks or podcast vacation, but I try to post updates and previews of what's coming next on those places. So if you're into social media, definitely check me out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And with that being said, I'll talk to you next time. The music in this episode comes from archesaudio.com and freepd.com.